0: This is the one with Jazz in the Park. A Time Potion. A Van Dyke.
1: And goddamn Nazis!
0: It's called Silver Nemesis.
1: Here, Here we go! We go. <laughs> We're embarking on a voyage all through time and all through space. Counting Daleks, Thal and and the Cybertronic race. Tontorans look like taters and Silurians all have wonky scales. And the Doctor has a TARDIS. We're reviewing all his tales. Who back And Reviewing all of who there is. Who back when? Subscribe and rate or nituse, please. Episode by episode, we're trudging down this temper road. Come join us on this odyssey. What other choice could there be? Then, who back when? Who back when?
0: Well, hello, beautiful, wonderful, marvelous, stupendous. I don't know. You're people. You're out there, podcast land. That's who you are. (laughs) Hello, I am Jim. Using this to you. You are listening to Who Back When, a Doctor Who podcast.
1: Or Doc Past.
0: Oh Doc Past indeed. That was my you good betcha. friend. Mr. Leon. Hello, Leon.
1: Hello. Yes, hello. It is I. <laughs> hello, Jim Cakes. Hello, podcast. Hello. <laughs> <laughs> Thrilled to be here.
0: Good. I would hate it to be <laughs> otherwise. and here being this various places in the planet the what being silver nemesis that was the worst segue ever we're talking (laughs) about silver nemesis the doctor who serial that's what's happened oh my god yes
1: oh my god yes (laughs) 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 c154 is what yeah
0: given it as a code
1: and not just any serial an anniversary serial Wait, is it? Yes, In this is... Actually, you know what? I say that th- now realizing maybe it's unofficially so, but this is, I believe, considered the 25th anniversary.
0: Oh, right. This was transmitted on the 25th. Because I think this... Is this whole season meant to be a bit of a 25th anniversary Yeah, thing, it's the
1: or? 25th... Absolutely, yeah. No, you're totally right. So it's the 25th year of Doctor Who. And this is, I believe, this is the 25th anniversary serial within the 25th anniversary season, if that makes sense. Which is why there are right. lots of little hints, especially in casting, to the very roots of this show, which I'm sure we shall get into.
0: Wow, indeed. Well, I'll tell you what, let's just dive into that B Scout, get that out, out of the way, and then we can do oh all God. that kind of stuff. Yeah. Yeah, let's do it. <laughs> <laughs>
1: Time for us to synopsize, labify and summarize. So take a view and, and grab a brew and listen to this overview, this free-for-all. We like to call a bite a chunk of who? Bite-sized chunk, bite chunk of
0: who? We're in South America in November 1988 and there are some Nazis. That's all we need to say about them. So let's move on to Windsor in 1638. Lady Painfort is having a whale of a time shooting some pigeons while she waits for a Mr. Magoo-like to work out when some fancy-schmancy comet is coming to Earth. But of course, this is no ordinary comet, and I may well tell that it in fact contains some kind of living metal that someone, <coughs> Doc, might have accidentally released from Gallifrey.
1: Bing bong, fast forward. Painfort and her adjutant have now sipped a time potion and Le Visiteur'd to the 1980s to no one's shock or surprise. And now all forces converge on Windsor. Le Visiteur, the boys from Brazil, the fam, the metal lady inexplicably enslaved inside the comet, the Wagnerian giants, a.k.a. Goshdan Cyburn, And not a single one among them stands flaccid in the presence of archery paraphernalia and stuff, consequently, is about to get very real. Beast <laughs> howl over. you are welcome (laughs) everyone is very
0: welcome for that
1: ending oh my god thank you if it it doesn't immediately strike you as obvious podcast land it's been a while since we well certainly since i watched the serial and much of it is a little on the vague side (laughs) (laughs) memory wise
0: Yes, I watched the first part of this serial like three weeks ago, so that's mm-hmm. that's starting to get fuzzy around the edges. The last two, though, I did watch fairly recently, so maybe maybe I can hold this together. But nice. you don't you don't care, podcast none. You know what you're getting with Who Back When. I hope by now, absolutely.
1: You're here for ignorance and bants. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. <laughs> that
0: should be on the back of the DVD cover. There we go. <laughs> <laughs>
1: that's the one T-shirt we'll actually sell after we wrap this up. <laughs> <laughs>
0: So, do you have some starter points that you may not understand anymore, but you wrote down at some point?
1: Oh my god, dude! My star, I have written so many introductory questions, or as I now look okay. at my notes, introductor questions, typo, that most of which lack context for me now. I really, I'm going to rely on you to do much of the heavy lifting for this episode. Consider me the layperson in the audience who has no clue what we're talking about. But that being said, here are a couple of st- here's one starter question. Which touches upon something that you brought up in your B Scow paragraph. Did you also think that that first shot by Lady What's Her Face, Pain hit really close to a pigeon? Like, dangerously close. Like, she was trying to shoot it, wasn't she? Yeah, but this is a TV show. Like, <laughs> oh, right.
0: Like, like, you feel like they got a bit too close accidentally and nearly shot a yeah,
1: pigeon. Yeah. <laughs> absolutely. <laughs> Quite possibly. <laughs> like 30 seconds into the serial and it's like wow pigeon kebab but very nearly averted very dangerous stuff
0: well the other set of bad guys i don't know his lady pin in this actually is lady painful a bad guy but the obvious bad guys in the serial who we don't have to name again they are also (laughs) shooting birds (laughs) like the lead guy of that lot the boys from the oh my route.
1: god, yeah. If anything, what this serial taught us, right from the bat, aside from the fact that Nazis always listen to Wagner, is pigeons are the parrots of Britain. <laughs> yes. <laughs> <laughs> and absolutely, Painford is a bad person. Because isn't the idea, basically, that the silver lady... What's her name? The validium, the living metal, Yeah. is... That's, that's power. And anyone who wants that power, they don't want it for good. They want it for whatever nefarious personal reasons. They want to wield that power. And so anyone who doesn't dispatch this power and not wield it themselves is going to be a bad person. In fact, the only person I mean, who sends it off yeah. is Doc.
0: I think you probably got it summed up pretty well there. I think it's hard to argue against that. I guess the question wow. I was like the, like, the reason I had a question mark over it is I don't really understand who the fuck lady Painfort <laughs> is <laughs> what she hoped to do with this silver nemesis as she called it. I think. Yeah. Like it was, that's the thing for a start, like the nemesis name. I'm pretty sure the living metal angel lady. Yeah. Brief, brief moment. She speaks. She, she says to ace, like lady Painfort painful called me nemesis. And so that's what I am. It's almost like it's there's some kind of what's like psychic link. Or yeah. oh, I see. Yeah, yeah. Which I, I don't know. This is this is probably the big question mark and hole in the plot, as far as I'm concerned. Is like, what the fuck is this thing? And and how does how does well, no. There's lots of stuff. Like, but most of it revolves around Lady Painfort, though. Like, how does she travel <laughs> through time with a potion? How did she know about this? Yeah. comet in the first place how is the name of the comet being de- like been determined by her and her motivation exactly. so many and, questions
1: yeah and doc at some point enslaved this this living metal the i think so essentially he's enslaved it right he, he, at some point the living yeah. metal says so if i do this for you then will i have my freedom and he's like yeah then you can be free yeah, yeah that that's slavery dude that's no, that shouldn't be in your wheelhouse but if he has if he has captured the Validium, enslaved it, put it inside this, this comet, send it into space, does that mean that he has encountered Lady Painful before? She definitely knows of the Doctor, and she knows of like the she, comet.
0: Yeah, I, there's a
1: whole like adventure we
0: missed. Big question mark over yeah. <laughs> like many pages of the script. <laughs> yeah, It's <was> like, <laughs> fuck. No, no, we need some backstory here, lads. No, we can't just leave that. <laughs> <laughs> I would have red penned a lot of this.
1: <laughs> yeah, this is Comet Wars episode four, <laughs> a new oh, yeah. comet. And at some point, we're going to get a prequel trilogy in which we learn what the shit Lady Painfort was about. W- what's her deal? How did she find out about the comet in the first place? Did it crash on Earth? Did she then find it, learn its secrets, yada, yada, yada? And then Doc got rid of it, and now she wants it back? How did she develop time travel technology through a magic potion using, one assumes, your run-of-the-mill household chemicals in the 1600s? (laughs) I don't know. I have uh, mute, window cleaner. Sorry?
0: It's possible we've forgotten (laughs) a tiny throwaway detail that explained it, but I didn't pick up on it at the time. I don't have any notes about it. I don't think it was explained.
1: Okay, I have another question for you. So there is a... The Mr. Magoo character in the 16... It is in the 1600s, right? Yeah, it is. Yeah, So the Mr. Magoo character... Uh, That's right, yeah. So the Mr. Magoo character, he's a mathematician, and he is trying to calculate when the silver nemesis, when and where the silver nemesis will impact on Earth. He's effectively calculating the decaying orbits of the silver nemesis, when and where should Lady Painford and her weird adjutant... Brother, husband, travel to. Has this mathematician also devised the time travel potion? And sub question: At one point, Doc and Ace travel back in time, and he corrects some of the mathematician's calculations. Is Doc figuring out part of this plan for them? Jim oh, I Cakes, think I go. That then. <laughs> It's possible. There's a
0: big conversation here about Doc's motivations and backstory in this serial. Like like with, I think, Mm. the last one, we had a little bit of an opener as to Doc was around when Omega and Rassilon were doing shit. Like, they're timeless childing Doc's backstory, it seems, at this point. And there are hints of that again here with what he did with this living metal. Like, it was on Gallifrey. It shouldn't have left Gallifrey, but it's strongly... Hinted, if not said out loud, that Doc basically is the reason it left Gallifrey. And then he's he's trying to fix the situation. He's put this thing into orbit so no one can get it, I guess. But then it's a decaying orbit. And every 25 years, it comes back round to Earth and people see it. And then, what's this, a few centuries, it crashes on Earth. And he knows this is happening. He knows it's going to happen. And he what? then gets a bloody alarm, which is like a reminder... Oh, a, re- a planet's about to get destroyed, which turns out is Earth, and it's like, oh yeah, good job I was on Earth at the time I got that alarm. And it's like, yeah,
1: what? that is what the hell is going on here. <laughs> that's infuriating. I also really want to point out this is uh, like the orbit. It ceases to be an orbit when it crashes down on Earth, which, as you said, it does every twenty five years. So well, that... why would you then send it out on the same orbit? <laughs> <laughs> w- that, why would you send it off on a?
0: Is yeah, I think this is maybe a slight fuck up in the script because I, I just oh. reread some of the dialogue from the start. I think it's meant to be that it like it's visible from Earth every twenty five years. But I'm pretty sure later on, Doc does say, like, it
1: crashes to Earth every 25 years or something like that. Oh, I'm sure he does. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Otherwise, why does it crash on Earth? The Nazis don't, like, pull it in with some sort of space magnet. Lady Painful doesn't know what the shit she's up to. I think the original setup
0: makes sense, that it's just, it's in an orbit, like, it shoots off out, out into space and comes back every 25 years, and every every time it's coming back to Earth, it's coming back a bit closer, and eventually it gets pulled into the gravity and crashes to Earth. And that takes a few hundred years. And that, that kind of makes sense, but I feel like that went out the window, because I got confused by this by the end of the serial, is like, wait, this isn't how orbits work, exactly like you said, Leon. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> <laughs> But I don't know, maybe it was just us picking up on some of the phrasing was just a bit odd. We have, <sighs> yeah, I don't know.
1: We've pointed out a bunch of things that don't make any sense to us, but we have hitherto neglected the question that we tend to start all of our episodes with, and that is, high level, how do you feel about this?
0: Oh, that's a very good point. Yeah, we jumped into detail. That's not like us. What's going on here? <laughs>
1: <laughs>
0: not enough whiskey. Hang on.
1: <laughs> oh, you have your whiskey, I'll have my Negroni, chin chin. Mm-hmm.
0: Yeah, I spoiled this a little bit before we started recording. I'm not quite sure how I feel about this at the moment. I did enjoy watching it. So yeah. I would... Right now, if you put a gun to my head and asked me to put out a number of between one and five, it would be on the latter half of the scale. Okay.
1: How about right. yourself? Yeah. Well, I think I freaking love it. <laughs> okay. Okay. Yeah, I think... I think I, I say this as someone who has forgotten most of the finer points of the plot, (laughs) but I recall thinking this was absolutely bonkers in the best possible way. Like, it is insane. It's got Nazis and time travel and a boombox and a silver lady and a comet. (laughs) It's great. There is, everyone is obsessed with archery. Why why is there a silver bowl? What does it do? How does it tie in with time travel? Like nothing makes sense and I love it. Yeah, that is how I feel.
0: <laughs> nice. Yeah, none of it does make sense. It's nice. <laughs> it's nicely inventive. I think that's probably the thing. And it is fun. Like it's Oh, absolutely absolutely off-the-wall bonkers in places, but it's always fun, I think. Even when we have actual Nazis on
1: screen. <laughs> Shall we talk about the Nazis? Because the Nazis are... This is a quote that can be taken out of context, but the Nazis are great. <laughs> 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 how, how do you feel about the Nazis? How do you feel about the lead Nazi, Laurent Charles Dance? How do you feel about him?
0: <laughs> he... I don't know. He performed the role of... I don't know, actually. I think that they were pretty shit <laughs> as a whole. Really? I think he was an o- <laughs> okay villain. He he did the kind of yeah, I'm gonna side with the Cybermen role, and both parties were double crossing each other as you'd expect the Nazis and the Cybermen to do. Like, yeah. And he, the actor, performed I think a reasonable job in that role. So he's a legend. Yeah, I just I looked him up. I don't know if I actually know him from anything, but core blimey was he in a lot of stuff.
1: Holy smokes, yeah. Anton Diffring, who by the way, so this is not the first time he's played a Nazi. <laughs> he <No>. was also <laughs> in Yeah, okay, we'll get to that. But Anton Diffring, who like made a career of playing a Nazi, uh was a half Jewish, outspokenly liberal gay guy. <laughs> yeah. He was also in Where Eagles Dare. He was in Truffaut's Fahrenheit 451. He was in The Heroes of Telemark, which weirdly I got just like a week ago. I haven't seen it. I really want to see it. Kirk Douglas, Richard Harris. He was in Shatter, the Shaw Brothers kung fu action flick. He's a legend. He's like a straight up legend. And I think he's every single moment that he is on screen, I feel like he just steals the show on a level that is equivalent to the... As in, you know, in bad guy energy, in a level that is equivalent to possibly only ever paralleled by other Nazis. And the thing that immediately springs to mind is Raiders of the Lost Ark. Like, I can absolutely see him at that caliber. What a dude.
0: Yeah, maybe I'm doing him a disservice. I think I just, to be honest, when I think back at this serial, I sort of forget that there were Nazis in it. That's just how poorly woven into the (laughs) plot, at least in my mind, they were. Like... (laughs) <laughs> when the Cybermen turned up, it's like, oh, it's Cybermen. That's that's the story now.
1: Oh, just no, dude, totally th- whenever <laughs> I watch anything with Nazis, I just, it becomes this perfectly legitimate reason to want it to turn into just violence pornography. I <laughs> wanted the Cybers to sisu the fuck out of these Nazi twats. Like the second <laughs> we had two, two fascist factions, one of which is from space and therefore I'm kind of neutral about them. I wanted them to do nothing but to massacre these Nazis. And every single time that, we, okay, here's another example. You know when where you get Painfort and her adjutant. I keep calling him her adjutant. I can't remember his name now. The guy, the archery. I think he's called Richard. <laughs> Richard. Okay. <laughs> <Yeah>. So. <laughs> I'm, I don't know why I'm laughing. Richard's a perfectly legitimate name, but it just seems so. I'm like sure. It...
0: She's Lady Painford. He's Richard. No, he is literally just called Richard. I was <laughs> going to say, I'm sure, sure he has a surname, but according to, uh, yeah, no, to his he's friends. Richard. no, <laughs> Richard.
1: <Yeah. laughs> when Richard and Painford encounter two skinheads. Oh, that God, yeah. Immediately. Do you remember that scene? Like I immediately equated those skinheads with the actual boys from Brazil level Nazis in this serial. And all I wanted was for, for Richard to fire a bow and arrow at their groins. Like, just say goodbye to your Nazi balls. Boom, there you go. Richard has played his part.
0: Wow, well, there was a lot happening there. <laughs>
1: I'm so sorry. Yeah, I'm so that's... sorry. I went <laughs> on no, no. a <off> tangent.
0: <laughs> I think what you say is, is perfectly reasonable reaction to seeing Nazis in stuff. It's like, yeah, this means that people are going to get <laughs> stuff happening. I don't know. <laughs> hmm. It's it's funny, though, because you're right, though. As soon as you put Nazis in something, you almost side with the Cybermen. Like, it's not better the devil, you know. Like, we all know the Nazis because they were exactly. real. Exactly. It's like, Absolutely. no, let's go with the people that might enslave the entire human race, not the Nazis. Thank you very much.
1: <laughs> do you think that there is a... I mean, obviously, there are there are plenty of political statements here. But do you think there is a political equation made with the Cybermen here? Because the Cybermen are all trying to be equal. You might see what I'm getting at with this. <laughs> and you have them, Cybermen who are striving for a universally egalitarian society, maybe through the I wrong mean, means, but that's what that is their ultimate goal. <laughs> facing off against Nazis.
0: I mean they do just take people and put machine in their heads and they do want to enslave everyone. Like that that was want the to deal. Do enslave with them the Nazis? or do
1: they want to improve their lives? Because I think they want to upgrade <laughs> all of us, dude.
0: <laughs> all hail our new cyber leaders, yes, of course. <laughs> Yeah. I get what you're you're going for there. I'm not convinced the Cybers are meant to be <laughs> stepping for communism. Like communi-
1: yeah. <laughs> yeah, maybe not.
0: Maybe I would be interested to submit this for a film study class to go into depth.
1: <laughs> yeah, there's a PhD in this one. <laughs> <laughs> <PhD>. <laughs>
0: There's at least a drunken chat GPT session.
1: <laughs> oh, definitely. <laughs> okay, so hang on, wait, sorry, have I cut you off? Were you going to say something about Nazis or Cybers or both?
0: No, I think I think we can move on from that.
1: <laughs> can I ask you a question about a specific scene that involves both of them? Because at a certain point, Bob, I can't remember his name, Charles Dance, and his, like, his adjutant Carl, they are captured by the Cybers in that funky castle. Which I've been to, by the way, it's in Arundel. And the Cybers puts brain-hacking headphones on Charles Dance, but somehow Carl hacks it. How does Carl Carl dispose of the Cybers and prevent the brain-hacking headphones from scrambling Charles Dance's brain?
0: I don't remember that bit. I remember seeing... Charles Dance with the silver headphones, and he's chatting away like nothing has happened. He's just wearing silver yeah. headphones.
1: Yeah. I and think that's because that... they've been deactivated.
0: But he's chatting away to the cybers, though. Like they're. Oh, I see. Not interrogating him
1: at this point, I don't
0: think. But yeah, I can't quite. I have a literal scene missing in my brain of what happened after that. <laughs> <laughs> I'm not quite sure. <laughs> but yeah, I wouldn't be surprised if there's a bit in there where suddenly a 1988 person is hacking cyber tech just like it's what they do for breakfast like it might just i'm fully accepting that that might just be what they told us is like carl is good doing this get on oh it. i see <laughs> <laughs>
1: yeah no that's totally possible you're like, right
0: there's a lot of unexplained stuff in this i mean I could... there's stuff unexplained in this cereal <laughs> did you ever understand why there is a rocket sled and people are very aware that there's a rocket sled and what the fuck is a rocket sled <laughs>
1: Wait, tell me about this rocket sled because I have forgotten about that in completely.
0: <laughs> I don't know if it was it was just like one bit of dialogue, but I think you know they go to this hangar, and this is where Dot launches yes. the comet back from. And yeah, it just—I swear—it just appears out of nowhere. There's reference to a rocket sled, and I can only assume it is oh. literally like a ramp that there's a rocket on, and that's how Doc's launching the comet.
1: Is the rocket sled actually just the comet? Like, is the comet nothing but a rocket sled with the silver nemesis inside of it? And from Earth, we look at this actual spacecraft, but we assume that it is a comet, but actually it's not.
0: Maybe. Kind of makes sense. It's just, yeah, literally, I've scammed through the script, and it's... We're a couple of scenes into part three, and then suddenly this... Yeah. This praise just comes out of nowhere. And it's like, I didn't didn't really understand what was going on. It's like a rocket <laughs> slip? Who's a rocket slit? And then they're in this, yeah, this aircraft hangar, which I don't know. Who's this is where Doc is doing stuff, and yet the Nazis know about it. It's like suddenly all the plans have like crossed over and everyone knows everyone else's plan and actually doc might have been half doing the nazi's plan or i don't know it's just it turns into a very weird madcap adventure where everyone's just chasing everyone and they know what's going on
1: oh definitely oh faux shizzle this turns into scooby-doo towards the end you're right that there everyone has different plans and at a certain point it's as though everyone just read the script and knows what everyone (laughs) else is doing
0: (laughs) they spaceballed it they just like fast-forwarding exactly yeah say, oh wait this is <laughs> now bit this where is i now. do that
1: okay <laughs> yeah,
0: yeah. <laughs> <laughs> that was then this is now
1: <laughs> why didn't anyone tell me my ass was this big that's a different scene but it's the same film podcast land don't write in the, the...
0: <laughs> really must watch Your... Spaceballs again
1: <laughs> i know you know what i have a feeling that it hasn't aged well
0: yeah yeah
1: but yes no, anyway no, yeah no. sorry warehouse you are right. There's no reason. Wait, wait, hang on. How do they motivate it in episode that everyone converges on this warehouse? Do they have a tracker of some sort? Is it like a, a radar that says we think that the Silver Nemesis? We can pick up the signature of the bow or something in this warehouse. I think there is. There's a point where
0: Doc does like. Is it the bow he's got? Yeah, I think he's got the bow most of the time, and he uses wait, it like this a divining rod.
1: Oh, interesting.
0: It's probably close to where it crashes, but it doesn't crash inside a building, nicely balanced no, on No, that's true. Yeah, you're right. Ramp, you know. So someone has moved it, and I I can't remember who actually got there first. Maybe that's the Nazis set it all up. Like it just it, it seems like the Nazis well, do some stuff. What super and then Doc? It, it I don't know. The thing that kind of makes sense to me, but didn't feel like it was explained, is that the Nazis did some stuff. They, like, yeah. grabbed it, pulled it into a warehouse. Doc knew that they had done that, which he shouldn't have known, and then starts turning it into a place where he can launch the rocket from. And then the Nazis yeah. know that Doc has done that. And I don't know. It just all, I don't know, very confusing. I'm sure I just missed a load of stuff and everyone's screaming no, in don't their ears. I do not think that you they did necessarily. <laughs> screaming into their ears.
1: Oh! For shizzle, Podcast Land is screaming at us right now. That's fine. Yeah. Hi, by the way, Podcast Land. But I think a lot of these details are deliberately missed out. You asked before, who who gets there first? well at first there are like there are soldiers there or maybe policemen or something because there's been a crash the comet has crashed and I'm pretty sure oh, it yeah. crashes right outside of the uh, the warehouse the Nazis show up so in fact this is one of my introductory questions for you as well why uh, dark, 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 dark. why do the boys from Brazil show up in full gear at the crash sites if their first move is actually just to find a decent hotel sub question why haven't they already made a reservation they know exactly when and where this thing is going to crash (laughs)
0: yeah no idea i know all all i can do is ignore your question because i don't have an answer and throw back another question which is yes please why is there stuff happening in i think the 18th century as well like something about the bow being stolen oh and is that relevant other than just one scene? Because I think Doc and Ace go to seventeen, like eighty-eight, at some point, and I can't remember if they grab the bow or they find that the bow has already been stolen. I think maybe that they find it's already been stolen and that so the Nazis have got it. But it's like, why? Why was that a thing? <laughs>
1: Uh, wait do they go to 1788 i'm in the script right now and i've just done a search for 1788 and it does turn up twice and it turns up in dialogue between doc and ace saying that the the bow was it disappeared mysteriously in 1788 uh, go so there? maybe okay sure they, they go didn't
0: there. go there maybe they just knew like i don't know why is this in the script why why do we get told that the bow went missing in 1788
1: Oh, no, it is dumb. Absolutely. <laughs> <laughs> this has the potential to be sort of world building. Every All the ideas that go into this one serial could make for a whole TV show. Never mind a series or a serial. There's a whole TV yeah, show. Okay. They're building a universe. And then they go, fuck it, we only have three episodes. So actually scale back <laughs> 99.8% of all of your ambition. <laughs> Yeah, but still allude to it, and this is the result.
0: It's great. Okay, if you're if yeah. you're willing, shall we move on from p- picking Please. apart for for a second? Should we should we yeah. try and get some stuff that we enjoyed? Like because we both seem to have enjoyed watching this, and Absolutely. so far we're just we're just picking holes. So, what was nice? I think as bonkers as it was, the effect of them using their time travel potion was actually really cool.
1: Fantastic. The fact that anyone in the past can travel into the future. Ex- have you seen Les Visiteurs? I think they re- actually no. remade it in Hollywood as The Visitors. I've not seen it. Or possibly it's just the American title for the film. A medieval knight and his knave <laughs> drink a magic potion and they travel to present day hilarity ensues. It is fantastic. They made sequels. I didn't watch them. I have no interest. But that's fantastic. That's exactly what this is. That, right. as a concept, is mind-bogglingly entertaining. And if anything, the negative is that there's so much missed, missed opportunity. Like, when they well, arrive in, fact... in the restaurant and no one reacts. Yeah. Like, just make a thing of you're strangers in a strange land. You know, you're you're from a different... Look at a car and go, what is this thing? You know, why? What is this horseless carriage? Blah, blah, blah. Um, but yeah, as a concept... Hilarious. Fantastic. The mathematician. Hilarious. Amazing. Amazing.
0: <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I get you there. I think there are, there are a couple of moments where they kind of leaned into it a little bit. When they okay. they see someone hitchhike. Like, you're right, I don't think they ever comment on the fact that there are cars. Like, these horseless carriages, you know. But they observe a car go past and someone hitchhiking and get into the car. And, you know, Richard is like, Oh, I think I know how you yeah. basically get one of these things to stop. <laughs> it's like, that's a nice little That's moment. hilarious.
1: Yeah, yeah, that's so good. When they actually do hitch a ride with the American lady that's yeah so good
0: (laughs) and it is it's a nice little scene of her she's like half remembering stuff she's read about her ancestors she's here to find her roots you know and when lady Painthwart is just continuing like oh yeah i knew them oh yeah that yeah she was an asshole i poisoned her you know it's just so nice (laughs) (laughs) that's
1: so good completely on board with that that entire thing is in the positive section for this
0: yeah i think richard i quite enjoyed for the most part as well i think maybe they could have leaned in a bit more with him for that kind of stuff because he is yeah. he was the one that was more wary of stuff he was more discombobulated about being in a different time whereas lady Painfort she just comes across like a time lord like she is not phased by she anything does a bit, yeah
1: like a low-rent Time Lord. Yeah, time she lady.
0: bugged me because of that. It's like, you haven't explained why she's this nonchalant about everything that's going on. Why she ha- How she has this knowledge and all yeah. this kind of stuff. She just seemed like a super person that, I don't know, hadn't been given a backstory.
1: And like, ultimately, what is her deal? What is it that she wants to achieve?
0: Yeah, exactly. I have a question.
1: Ask away, okay. please.
0: There, I don't know if you will recall this, because it was a blink-and-you-miss-it moment, I think. But there is I'm a almost point where... That. The Seventh Doctor puts a fez on his head, and he grabs a mop. Oh, I missed the mop,
1: but I made a note of the fez.
0: Yeah. I mean, the fez I think he wears for, like, a few seconds longer. The mop is literally, like, I think he just picks it up and puts it away again. But it just Uh was 100%. This is what Matt Smith wears in... uh, Yes. There's one... I've forgotten the the serial. A New Who serial where Matt Smith... He sees himself... Like, uh, uh, briefly in the future. So there's a bit of a time loop type thing happening. And that is a plot point, the fact that he has this mop, I think. Like, he knows. It's one of those kind of, like, back to, oh. back to future moments of, or Bill and Ted moments of, like, oh, if I've got the mop, then I need to grab the mop now, you know. <laughs> But this, I mean, this must have been an intentional New Who reference actor classic, even though it's a a bit of a throwaway.
1: Absolutely. Definitely it is. I didn't even notice this, Fez, and I never would have put this together. You are absolutely right. Sorry, the Mops situation. The Fez I absolutely did recognize. And um, yeah, Matt Smith had a Fez. Fez is a cool. I'm currently on Google image search trying to find someone else with a Fez. I thought maybe... Patrick Troughton had previously worn a fez, and actually, Matt Smith wearing a fez ah. was a reference to Patrick Troughton, and so therefore, the fez here might be a reference to even earlier Classic Who.
0: Right, yeah. That, that does ring a bell, actually. I can half-picture it, even though I um, haven't watched any of those
1: things. If you do a search for, even even if you search for Classic Doctor Who fez, all you get is Matt Smith. The odd image of Jodie Whittaker wearing a fez as well. My God, I need to get a fez, right? <laughs> That's on my to-do list. I'm getting a Fez this weekend. Um, blog to who has at some point written about this. I've, I've just found this through Google Image Search. blog to who has an article called Four Fezes, and it all starts with this serial. It has okay. Sylvester McCoy, then it goes to David Tennant, Matt Smith, and Jodie Whittaker. Because David Tennant and Matt Smith share a Fez. That's Is that the 50th anniversary? I remember at one point... One of them picks up a fez, throws it through some sort of portal, and the other one picks it up, and it's the same fez. Yeah,
0: yeah. Maybe this is all But this is,
1: in in fact, the first fez.
0: The first fez.
1: (laughs) Oh, thank you very much, blog to who. Very good. Good stuff. Um, Yeah,
0: saving our bacon there. And because you were hinting that there are references, like, this is the 25th anniversary, there are references to previous serials, like, the very start of Doctor Who? Like, what, what kind of stuff did you pick up on?
1: Okay, so we've talked about the mathematician, for example. The mathematician, the Mr. Magoo character, he was played by Leslie French who at one point declined the role of the doctor. He oh, wow. he was one of the first choices before William Hartnell was even cast and he didn't take it. So that is like an immediate nod back to holy smokes. Let's get back to the roots. What else? Oh yeah, we there's a sh- there's a shot of you know the shot where the TARDIS materializes in Windsor Castle, and there's a group of tourists walking past. And, like, weirdly, yeah. no one notices a blue box materializing in front of them, but, like, all these tourists walk past. Nicholas Courtney, the Brigadier Bagels, is among those tourists. No way! Oh, I totally missed that. I also missed it. I only found it in in Wikipedia trivia or IMDb trivia or something. Anthony Ain- Ainley, by the way, the Master was also asked to be one of those tourists, but couldn't, or didn't, or wouldn't, didn't want to, or whatever.
0: That would have, mm, yeah, I think that would have been pushing it too far. I think you have one to or have the both other, of them. like, yeah, because yeah. if 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 you spotted the Master, you would be thinking that's the Master, and if you spot the brigadier you think that's the brigadier if they're together then it's like why is the brigadier with the master
1: (laughs) i assume that courtney was not wearing his fake mustache and therefore i didn't recognize him (laughs) exactly you would never know who he is
0: (laughs) didn't we see him without that in i've forgotten which story it was but didn't didn't we see like him retired and he didn't have a mustache and it was super freaky
1: oh is that what it was Yes, maybe that is what it was. Uh, the thing I was thinking. What am I thinking of? No, I'm thinking of the eye patch. <laughs> <laughs> this might be a previous Doctor. This might be before you joined. The one with the disco werewolves. I can't even remember which Doctor that is.
0: That rings a bell. I can't remember if it's because you've talked about them or if we watched it together. <laughs> Okay. I
1: also do not remember. There's an episode with, uh, is this Underworld? No, I can't remember what it is. Inf- is it called Inferno? Hang on. I'm going to go to on source for Doctor Who trivia. Inferno, let's see. Bingo, it is. It freaking is Inferno as well. In Inferno, they have, they're called primords. They look like disco werewolves. And there's a parallel timeline, I think, or maybe a parallel universe where everyone who's good is suddenly evil. And the Brigadier, in fact, the image that I selected for this episode for hubeck is the Brigadier without a mustache and an eye patch. It's ah. Very strange to have him without a mustache, you're absolutely right. But yeah, so presumably he isn't wearing the fake mustache in Windsor Castle, and therefore everyone looks at him and just goes, that's just a dude with two eyeballs.
0: <laughs> exactly. Yeah.
1: I'm not sure if there are other links back to classic Who, as in to, to the roots. There is another connection, Lady Painfort. She was also in The Keys of Mariner's, which is a fantastic serial. She played Carla in that. Nice. But I'm not a su- I'm not super duper convinced there's there's that much more.
0: Have they ever filmed at Winter Castle before? That wasn't a throwback to anything
1: that's a good question seems like they should have i'm not sure i
0: was quite surprised they were actually at windsor castle like
1: yeah that is amazing Mm -hmm. what's the castle that is or that tower which is in it is in arundel it's on the south downs what is that meant to be is that is that a stand-in for windsor castle because we see the queen quote-unquote the queen walking walking her corgis outside of that tower
0: uh hmm I thought where we saw the Queen was like the back entrance of Windsor Castle. And then the only thing I can think of as a tower is what they say is Lady Painforce. Um, I basically
1: yeah right yeah yeah
0: i okay. thought they okay. were very different things but i could be uh,
1: wrong. no i think you're absolutely right i think they are very different things and you are right that is her tomb because they go inside and they find her bones so i have a question for you this might just be me for... Actually, okay it's a two-parter does what happens to lady Painfort at the very end
0: you know what i've forgotten. <laughs>
1: I mean, she I'm pretty dies. sure that she dies, right? Uh, but she dies in the 1980s. Yeah. I also so don't how know... how do her bones 100%. appear in the 1700s yeah. or 1600s or wherever and, we are?
0: Or well, how are her bones anywhere? Like, she, she like, goes and somehow morphs with the statue. Yeah. Like, this is a You're solid... Not, now I remember, beam. yes. And then she just... She climbs in to be the, in the same space and then suddenly, yeah. you know, there's an effect that they're on top of each other. Like, they're one and the same.
1: Absolutely. Yes.
0: And this thing then goes gets so shot her, out into space
1: yeah, her bones are fucking nowhere, bro her bones are nothing but space dust in the in amongst the dead fleet of cybermen, which we haven't even talked about, <laughs> but when they go back to that tower in Arundel there are her bones
0: maybe maybe Richard finds a lookalike and buries he, he goes off
1: and 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 kills some poor woman who happens to be roughly the same age and height i don't know <laughs> <That's> or horrible <laughs> I don't, like
0: their relationship was weird like even lady Painthorpe says so like she's she doesn't understand why richard saves her at, at one point because she's been treating him like shit and it's like yeah yeah i don't understand i like why is he here <laughs> Like, maybe <laughs> maybe he goes back Some and... Some people are into that. Yeah, like, maybe maybe there was, a, like, a romantic thing here, and he goes back, and he is a bit distraught, and he, he finds someone that's just like her, and... at the end does he
1: does he have a family or something at the end i can't really remember at the very very end because he survives this whole thing the
0: very very end what i remember is the last thing is just that doc and ace say that they'll give him a lift home like they'll take him back to his proper time period oh really does something else happen
1: after that well somehow i remember this is this is weeks ago this is plural weeks ago I rec- have a recollection of them taking him back to his own time, and then they have kind of an archery competition, and he's there laughing it up with someone who might be his wife, and they leave. I may very well misremember this.
0: No, you're, you're
1: absolutely right. Uh, hey. Oh, in according to the transcript, rate- I have very little memory of this. <laughs> Oh, you know what? I can't remember who mentioned this, but if you're listening, you know who you are. Someone in Podcast Land, I believe, did tell us that there are two different versions of this serial. That there's the extended VHS version, and then there's the version that, I guess, aired on TV. And both versions are floating around the the ether. Or your VHS and DVD collection. <laughs> <laughs>
0: I think I did watch this version, yeah, but I think I was just, I was very concentrated on, like, so basically Ace and Doc are talking, and Richard yeah. is just in the background, and it, yeah, literally the transcript I'm reading has in brackets, Richard and a lady lute player approach. Like, they're just playing music, and he he has one line of dialogue that says, we have none of this jazz wherever you speak,
1: Doctor, but I think you will like this. Whips yes. out the flute. yeah, no, that does <laughs> ring a bell. <laughs>
0: But yeah, Uh, Second uh, time
1: we've had a jazz reference in in like a... No, sorry. No, it was blues the last time. It was was, blues. Yeah. No, this (laughs) this
0: was the serial brought to you by jazz.
1: Oh, yeah. Smooth jazz. Jazz in the park.
0: (laughs) I don't know if it was smooth jazz. It was quite experimental jazz, I think.
1: (laughs) Yeah. But Ace is a fan. I did not take Ace for a jazz fan, by the way. No, I don't yeah, think that really. Can you sign fits. my tape? <laughs> Fuck off, Ace. You clearly don't listen to this shit.
0: <laughs> no, I, maybe she's just looking out for the resale value.
1: <laughs> oh yeah, maybe. Oh maybe you're right. They're just traveling back and forth across across history, and she is picking up bits of pop culture memorabilia to just sell whenever her adventures finally <laughs> end.
0: That would be a pretty sally move, actually. Yeah going back to this this weird ending, mm-hmm. what does happen, though, is two two things, which I don't know if either of them are really significant, but I found interesting. One yeah. is that it seems that Ace beats Doc at chess, which...
1: <laughs> yes. Okay. Finally surprising, but I'm happy with it.
0: And then the final line is Ace going, like, Doctor, who are you? And I just feel like this is them doubling down on whatever they're trying to do with the Doctor's backstory. Like they're making him, even though it's been 25 years, they're trying to make the Doctor unknown again. I don't know, it's really weird.
1: It is a little bit. I think I'm happier with what they're trying to do here than what Chibbers later on did. But the more of it that I see in the Seventh Doctor, sorry, Seventh Doctor era, the more I understand Podcastland's argument that, yeah, this has been done before and Chibbers was treading on familiar ground. Yeah. But this this does kind of work. Like They're spending a lot of time building up to something that isn't necessarily going to change all of... 25 years of doctor who at this point it's fine i'm completely fine with it if they had managed if they had done a season after this i bet you i wouldn't have been fine with it <laughs> I, no, I bet you i would have done. actually no sylvester mccoy was not the fucking god of the site of the time lords thank you very much i'm out
0: <laughs> yeah my understanding is that they didn't get a chance to just basically bring any of it into fruition we're just going to get references to it i assume yeah and we're not going to get a serial where we suddenly go back and dox with Rassilon and they're finding all the fancy Time Lord tech.
1: How would that even work? We've had Rassilon and Omega serials. Are they just going to undo them? Are we going to see them again, but from a slightly different angle and <laughs> everything's different? Their rapport is different?
0: Well, yeah. Seven Doctor is just hiding under a table and then, you know, yeah. the... <laughs> whoever says the second doctor walks out and then he pops up and goes anyway we were saying <laughs> <laughs> how do you feel about golden arrows or golden oh, arrows? oh my
1: god why are there golden arrows so we have we have poison poison tip arrows yeah and they seem and to be the same arrows.
0: same thing for some reason i am not I'll have you know, it might surprise everyone listening. I'm not one dabbling in my spare time with poison and how best to apply it to an what? arrow.
1: Oh, but apparently, for yourself, buddy. The rest of us <laughs> all are.
0: <laughs> yeah, I'm sure you're all experts and I am but a layperson. But yeah, apparently, according to Lady Painford, if we're to believe this cereal, the best way to apply poison to an arrow is to have the arrow tip be gold. <laughs>
1: So Because the, that's the
0: only thing that makes sense.
1: Is that is that what she says? That's no, I don't think that's
0: hinted at. It's just it's just the I only s- thing that makes sense to me for why the two things have been done.
1: I think those are two separate things. In the beginning, and I literally only know this because having forgotten most of the serial, I scrubbed through the first couple of minutes of episode one. <laughs> and in it, Richard, Dick to his friends, says oh he almost touches the poison arrow he's afraid of the poison arrow and she says oh don't worry about it it has to pierce the skin and that's when you get poison and then he goes what about the golden arrows as in those are two separate things to him and I assumed although I don't know if this is in any way reasonable but I assumed that she somehow knew that there would be Cybermen or at least someone coming after the silver nemesis who was allergic to gold
0: obviously wouldn't put it past the logic of this serial because she seems a little bit omnipotent and doesn't know what's going on all the time but yeah yeah i think there was just one or two lines of dialogue i found one where after Painfort has shot a cyber person and golden tip has taken them out she says just the tip See how right. my- just the tip, just the tip. Just the tip.
1: See <laughs> how my poison
0: is as deadly as ever, Richard. Like, she thinks it's the poison that's harmed the cyber person.
1: Oh, so she's clueless.
0: I don't know. It's just one line, but that's what it implies to me is that, yeah, I really thought they were just, for some reason, she has arrows that have gold tips and also are laced with poison. And I have no idea why they actually have gold tips. <laughs>
1: Yeah, that is mad. That is absolutely mad. I think this serial at one point tried to do something slightly different because there is definitely that scene back in the 1600s with Richard, Dick to his friends, who says, these are two separate things. Poison, I'm afraid of them. Gold, what about them? Like, those are separate arrows, and I'm assuming that when that was written, there was an intention, there was an ambition with this serial to have some kind of forethought of, forewarning, perhaps, of... There's competition arriving. Someone is arriving after this silver arrow, bow and arrow, whatever. And mm. what's the opposite of silver? Gold. That's what you need in order to fight your, your nemesis. Ironically, not the nemesis itself. But then it is forgotten about, and yeah, no, you're right. She has no, no. It's not even a plot. It's not even a plot point later on.
0: No, there is. I found I'm another just bit actually. I'm sorry. Doc, Doc explicitly says, "Ah, gold dipped in poison." Like they, de- they definitely are the same arrows. But I think you're right that I mean I'm it doesn't make sense. Other it just doesn't make sense. It absolutely makes anyway. no sense. Who the fuck is putting gold on their arrows for Christ's sake? I mean. Bleh. <laughs>
1: Ah, oh, gold dipped in poison. Lady Painford's calling cards is the line. I'm looking at the transcript as well. Oh. That's a calling okay. card? That's a fucking expensive calling card.
0: <laughs> and it's a pretty unique, I know that's the idea of a calling card, but... I don't know. That just... What? Like, is she meant to be a serial killer back in
1: 1638? <laughs> well, she at least poisoned the ancestor of that American lady. Yeah. this Okay, know. since Who we're talking about person? gold... <laughs> yeah, I don't know yeah. either. But Charles Dance. Lauren Charles Dance. Does he always walk around with gold dust in his pockets? <laughs> what does he have a little paper envelope of gold dust? At some point, he's asked, Oh, what's that for? He's like, Oh, yeah, you never know. Just plain and safe, whatever he says. But where did you get it? Like, what? What? Uh, Gold dust is pretty rare. Gold dust is as rare as oh, I'm struggling to think of something <laughs> to compare it with. Gold dust. <laughs> it's mad that he just has this thing. And then, by the way, his plan, his grand plan. Sorry, I'm getting, I'm getting really upset now. You know that <laughs> thing. You know that time when he escapes. Using gold dust. His grand plan is I'm surrounded by cybermen. I'm going to take out my envelope when no one's looking. I'm going to throw gold dust, which is rare, at the cyber leaders or cyber commanders or whatever chest plates they will all be discombobulated and then i'm gonna really calmly saunter out of this tower allowing the cybers to catch up with me again at the front door
0: (laughs) yeah there are a few scenes that infuriated me like that as well there's also the one at the end where ace is being threatened and doc casually like, i think possibly even the order has been given to kill her i forget but like oh, Doc really? goes over oh but what if i did did this and then we did this and all this kind of like i've got time to just talk my way out of this situation and he ends up firing the jets on the rocket and but before he manages to do that he manages to pull ace to the other side of where the jets are going to fire and the jets just get the cybers and it's like of course <laughs> no this is literal scooby-doo like no
1: <laughs> love it so good
0: because <laughs> <laughs> it, it's a bit frustrating actually because a when the cyber people cybermen come in i don't know why i'm not gendering them <laughs> but when the, the cybermen come in i was actually quite excited i felt like their entrance was really cool I was yeah. expecting them, like Silver Nemesis is the title of this serial. And that just sounds like it's the Cybermen. Like, I like that they did that. and But it's not until the end of the first episode that you get to see them. So it was a bit of a, mm. and there's already people talking about Nemesis. It's like, oh, okay, maybe it's not the Cybermen. Maybe there's something else going on and then they finally turn up and it's like oh yeah shit's getting real and they were totally badass like the bullets are doing nothing to them and then lady Painfort takes one out with an arrow and it's like fuck this is cool like the cybers are going to get defeated by arrows this is like the what was it five doctors all over again where you're just going to get cybers decapitated and arms blown off and stuff, yes exactly probably. it's
1: so violent towards cybermen specifically you're so right yeah.
0: and then then it turns into just oh we can throw some gold at them or uh, then frustratingly the cyber leader is weirdly immune to the gold defect or at least gets up is every single happens? time i don't know it- he gets hit, like, two or three times and gets
1: well, at up. At the very page. end, he's, like, straight up pretty much killed. And then somehow he... He's like that guy at the end of Die Hard. He just gets up and then does Ace? No. No, Richard kills him at the end, I think.
0: Yeah, yeah, Richard saves saved them all.
1: Richard is the... Oh, my God, I can't believe I've forgotten the name of... What's the police officer's name in Die Hard? Al. I can't remember. I'm I pretty that. sure it's <laughs> Al. Oh, I think so. Oh, dag, nabbit. Val Johnson, anyway. Holy smokes.
0: So something we haven't talked about at all, actually, really is, is Ace and the Doctor.
1: Oh, and yes, you're right. Oh, my God.
0: I really am enjoying the Seventh Doctor and Ace. The both of them separately, I think I like those characters, and they did I think a pretty good job all round in this serial. And I just I do like the relationship. I love in particular this this thing that seems to have formed where there's. An unwritten understanding that Doc doesn't want Ace to bring Nitro-9, and Ace always does bring <laughs> Nitro-9, and Doc knows that's the case.
1: <laughs> is she just, like, whenever whenever he catches forty Winks, is she just making more Nitro-9? I
0: don't know. Maybe. Because
1: <laughs> <laughs> surely at some point she'll run out of the stuff.
0: You would think so. Apparently not. always more I shit think, to blow up.
1: Yeah, I think it's fair to say she has a problem. And Doc (laughs) is okay with it. (laughs) He's an enabler. Yeah, Yeah, no, they're great. Absolutely great. He's fantastic. The Seventh Doctor is in in complete command of what the Seventh Doctor appears to be intended to be on screen. Sylvester McCoy pulls this off flawlessly. And I, I think you're totally right. His rapport with Ace, Ace, their rapport, their rapport is terrific
0: yeah and i like as well that i think there was something in the last series as well but they're showing ace to have real humanity like i think at least once per oh. serial there's a moment where she expresses something of like oh my god that was horrible like this guy just died and this one it's when she blows up the cyber ship, the cybers then come along and execute the the two like human human guards that had the silver headphones. And she's just so remorseful. It's like, I just got those people killed. Like they're being killed for my actions. And Doc has to Oh wow. Kind of like talk out the sad feeling there because those men, as far as Doc is concerned, were already dead. Like they they were turned into cybers. I don't know. And it's a very short moment. Like it's kind of thing like thinking new who they would have spent more time on, probably. But I think that's it's like it's one step Towards that of like showing proper humanity from the companion, and this is what they're meant to be. They're meant to be not the alien that maybe doesn't think the way we do. It's meant to be a human, showing us the situation. Yeah, yeah,
1: numbed. Yeah, I know what you mean. That's that's. I completely agree with you. I'd forgotten about that scene entirely. In fact, I still can't picture it. But I, I'll take your word for it. There's a similar scene where, from the other point of view, Doc proves her humanity, and that is when they go into. I can't remember who this is, but they go into, I'm pretty sure it's the tower in Arundel, and there's a dead body in there. Or maybe, no, wait, you know what? This is back in the 1600s, and there's a dead body. I think it might be the mathematician. Oh, And yes. before they do anything, Doc covers the dead body so that she doesn't have to see it. Yeah, yeah. Which also is there as an, it's an action by the fam, by Doc in this case. In order to underline her humanity, she shouldn't have to be subjected to that kind of morbid horror. She should be allowed at least a chance to remain innocent.
0: Yeah, no, very good point. Yeah, that was, like, it's interesting because I think the Seventh Doctor can be quite hard in places and a little bit callous like the doctor just genuinely is but then yeah i think it's just like you say it's just nod to the fact that we are being treated to a companion that is really human and doc is acknowledging that but also as a testament to their relationship as well that he Definitely. knows what's best to do for her
1: yeah and he cares yeah i'm not sure we've Which had this really before good. no it, yeah, it feels I agree.
0: it feels fresh and it feels very very nice to see
1: mm. yeah how can we top that? <laughs>
0: <laughs> well, maybe we can't. Maybe we just have to go away and maybe try and rate this.
1: Ooh, I. Oh, what on. Uh, <laughs> Razor Beaker, first ooh-eye of the night. <laughs> <laughs> Let's. <laughs> and now it is time to rate this. Did we laugh or hate this? Bing bone, bing hey, la, 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 la. Ratings.
0: Well, here we are at that point of the podcast where Leon and myself have to tell you in summarized form what we thought. Because the Mm. previous hour plus wasn't enough. Now we have to give you. Absolutely not. Yeah. We did play the finger on tip of nose game. And I don't think, I think it was a draw, to be honest. And I've just.
1: I I think so, yeah.
0: Decided to go first for shits and giggles, you know. You're a gentleman. So, here we go. I'm just going to go through a little bit of a journey of highs and lows and then finish with some things that made me smile Wonderful. we didn't talk about this i gotta start with a low there is shitty music again playing this serial i don't
1: oh,
0: call it too much in hindsight but i wrote it down at the time so i trust past jim to have made the correct observation <laughs> <laughs> um maybe dialled down a bit towards the end of the serial. who knows okay the big big thumbs down is probably like five thumbs down it's just how many questions <laughs> there are around the plot <laughs> particularly around lady Painfort. fort like what is her motivation who is she how does she know so much all of these things not explored and very frustrating to have that just yeah dangling around in the serial at all times Yeah, loads of other weird things, like the Nazis, how they know stuff, and yeah, things that just get mentioned and then never finished, basically. So yeah, it's a bit frustrating from that point of view. Thumbs up, though. Doc, Ace, and Doc and Ace, those are all good things, I think. And also it was good, I think, the Cybers as a whole. Like, they're pretty badass. They come straight out their ship, they start fighting the Nazis, blowing shit up, they're soaking up those bullets. And then they can start getting <laughs> shot, shot with arrows, getting killed by arrows. Yeah, more of this, please. That was good fun. But then that is countered with a thumbs down that, yeah, the cyber leader ends up being not fully immortal, but definitely has uh, computer game lives of just, oh, no, I didn't die there. This this gold didn't quite hit the right spot, lads. I feel fine. <laughs>
1: yeah, you're right.
0: And springs back into action. So that, yeah, was a bit stupid. A thumbs up, we didn't talk about this either. Ace is David to the cyber Goliaths with her slingshot and gold coins. I love that. <laughs> She's just running around, just hiding behind a corner and waiting for him to come up the stairs. And it's like, poof, right in the chest, pal. Nice. Oh, yeah. <laughs> what else did I like? I liked the silver nemesis. A brief moment when she speaks is just like super weird. And I don't know, it just... The concept of it and the performance of it, the way it's demonstrated, the effect of just like this silver thing that's like continually reflecting light, like nothing can kind of like it can't absorb any light at all, was really nice. Oh. And it just felt very, very sci-fi. I love that. Shame oh, it wasn't nice. a bigger, bigger part of the serial in some ways, actually. And then there's a thing that I'm not quite sure where I land with this, to be honest. But so far, we're getting these hints at Doc's backstory being rewritten. It's added to here where Lady Painthought thinks it's a real secretive thing as well. And it's unclear whether Doc is okay with that. Like, it feels like basically there are some beans to spill, and they're going to get spilled at some point. And in this serial, we don't get them. But I don't know. I'm not sure how I feel about this. Maybe. I'm never gonna be sure how I feel because we're not gonna get it fully wrapped up. You know, it's gonna get canned in the end of the next season and they won't have enough time to have done what they wanted to do. We'll see. But I'm gonna leave you with some things that did make me smile. I like the fact that the cybers are very clearly wearing cricket gloves that are just painted <laughs> silver. <laughs> For some reason their hands are very prominently in focus a lot of the time, and I couldn't help but just kind of laugh every time. It's like, no, those are so obviously <laughs> cricket gloves. Um, Doc had a couple of good lines. He, he's trying to distract the cybers, I think it is, at one point. He's like, hello, I'm the Doctor. I believe you want to kill me?
1: That's yes.
0: Nice. I can't even remember the context of this one, but I assume it's to Ace. He says, I'll tell you 350 years ago. Just a nice little nice. time yeah, travel good. line of dialogue. Yeah, I also enjoyed, every, well, not enjoyed necessarily, but it made me laugh for the wrong reasons of like every single interaction with those skinheads. The fact that one of them says, we want to tell you our problems. Uh, it's like, what? <laughs> what's <laughs> happening right now?
1: <laughs> oh, no. Are we exploring the, the deeper reasons for neo-Nazism? <laughs>
0: I don't, yeah, I don't know what's going on, and the the fact that we just get a a scene change, and then we're we're back, and they're hanging from a tree, and their clothes are burning on the ground, and <laughs> somehow Richard and Lady Painforth have done this. It's like okay, that happened. Yeah, this serial is bonkers. It's I think it's trying pretty hard. It's pushing things. It's very sci-fi, actually, which is sadly not always the case with Doctor Who. I enjoyed watching it. I would possibly even re-watch it at some point. Not giving it a crazy high score. Going to go with a 3.2.
1: Oh, right. 3.2. Interesting. Okay. Writing that down. 3.2 from Gym Cakes. Okay. Thank you very much. Very good stuff. Spoiler alert. I'm going higher than that, but that's a fantastic mini. I think... I think the serial rocks nuts. (laughs) What a terrific show. It is mad. It's ambitious beyond belief. It doesn't stop to ever address or justify that ambition in any way. Because why would it? Justifications for wusses and this serial is a legitimate badass. As anniversary apps go, I'm struggling to think of, I'm also hesitating because to be honest, I'm struggling to think of any prior anniversary serials. But I am definitely also struggling to think of how it could do a better job, save by making a modicum of sense. It is grand in scope and has a legitimately gigantic cast of foes. Cybers, great, a sorceress from the past who travels through time looking for a comment. No, officer, I swear this is just a time potion in my groin pocket. Nazis, doesn't get much bigger than that in the foe department. How much more ambitious could this get? And all of the individual characters are top-notch. Lady Pianoforte, check, Dick to his friends Defo Charles Darns, You betcha Doc and Ace Oh my god I freaking adore them in this You have to make a spectacle of yourself Had me in stitches So good <laughs> The plot itself Sorry, I'm getting really excited over here. This is such there a oh my God, I'm really enjoying the <laughs> cereal. Also, the vodka may have hit me at this point. The pre-Negroni vodka. I was going to say, the plot. Yeah, the plot itself is like absolutely hilarioid. It is Le Visiteur meets the boys from Brazil with androids. That is an elevator pitch that will sell itself. And the location <laughs> choices work really well for me as well. The past, great. The present, full of jazz. Love it. There's a line about Louis Armstrong knowing everything about time. Like, There's a serious jazz note, <laughs> so to speak, across the serial. Okay. Production values are fantastic. Like, just off the chart fantastic. There's that particular scene. We didn't talk about production value at all, but it has that... You know that take off scene this might be the rocket sled actually yeah. the scene of it it like taking off the ground going diagonally up like really properly taking off out of the atmosphere and we have I'm pretty sure the american lady looking at this through binoculars it's beautiful like from a production standpoint absolutely stunning here are some yeah okay they're not negatives per se but they're certainly odd observations Meteors, to be clear, cannot approach Earth. That's not what meteors are. The Nemesis gas scene, very cool, but maybe a little on the nose given the Nazis in this serial. Good thing the Queen just walks around unguarded. (laughs) In my notes, I can barely remember that. Not sure if I need to add the corgis to the Vindex, but we'll see. Um, Yeah, I mean, that's, so. you know what, that's kind of it. I'm not going to talk myself down. I'm not going to talk myself up either, because there's not that far to go. This is a super revisitable serial. In fact, gosh darn it, when we're done with Classic Who, this might just be one of the first ones that I do revisit. I have written down a number... This might be uh, inapplicable, but I've written it down. I've written 4.0 out of 5.
0: Nice. Okay. That's not as crazy high as I was expecting. (laughs) You were getting so (laughs) excited. I was like, Jesus Christ, he's going to whip out a (laughs) (laughs) 4.9. Or his penis. (laughs) Good stuff. Thank you, Mr. Leon. Well, that's what we thought. Mm. How about we find out what Podcastland
1: thought? Oh, let's. Listener Minis, now let's hear from Podcast Land. Max 250, or it would get out of hand.
0: Oi oi, you lucky people. Here you are once (laughs) again at (laughs) Listener (laughs) mini section of this podcast episode. (laughs) (laughs) Well, we have got... I have not even counted them, because we added some at the end. But it's more (laughs) than I can quickly do this while I'm talking... Let's say it's ten. There's about 10 of you that have written in.
1: I think it might just be 10. Might be, yeah, ish.
0: (laughs) (laughs) Maybe it's 11. Who knows? You count along and then you can tell us at the end. We have got three we're going to read out in full, and then we're going to mm-hmm. give little nods to the others, as is our want. Indeed. First up, who have we got, Mr. Leon?
1: Holy smokes, this is a blast from the past. First out the gate, we've got the Dr. Gamer. Hello, the Dr. Gamer. Hello, the Dr. Gamer. It oh, has smokes, been a while. Long time no see. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Wow. Have you been keeping? <laughs> <laughs>
0: The Doctor Gamer in fact references this right from the start with the last time I sent in a mini review for a classic serial, it was way back in season sixteen with the power of (laughs) crawl. One thing that this story and the power of crawl have in common is that they're both shit.
1: No Oh (laughs) Oh, really? Oh okay, fine. Hey, each of their own. The Dr. Gamer has provided a list of pros and a list of cons. Here's the list of pros. David Banks as the cyber leader is brilliant as always. Agreed. Last time he appeared as the cyber leader, I believe. And second and last pro, the seventh doctor, the seventh doctor and Ace are brilliant together as per usual. They have great chemistry throughout the serial.
0: Agreed. Agreed. But the Dr. Gamer does have, of course, some guns. guns. The plot is convoluted and it's hard to stay focused when there's so many characters that I just don't give a single shit about. <laughs> That's kind of fair as well. For yeah. a three-parter, Silver Nemesis really, really drags. Mm. Okay. Yeah. Agree to disagree. That. Yeah, yeah. And finally, the Cybermen are not great here. I just wish we got another story like Attack of the Cybermen where we get to see how violent they truly are. Mm. I mean, interesting. interesting. Yep. I'll swing them around about.
1: Yeah. Overall, concludes the Dr. Gamer. I'll give Silver Nemesis a generous 2.0. There's some good stuff in there, but Remembrance of the Daleks is a much better anniversary special, in my opinion. Yeah, that is fair. <laughs> I can't remember what we gave Remembrance.
0: Um, yeah, they were, yeah, they were very high scores. 4.5 and 4.5.
1: Exactly. Yeah. yeah, wow. Yeah, wowie. <laughs> Definitely agree with you on that one, Dr. Gamer. Also, holy smokes, welcome back, Dr. Gamer. Good stuff. Yeah,
0: good to have you back on board. Thank
1: you very much. Thank you. Uh, Who's next?
0: Next, we've got that chap that always wants that little bit extra. It's Derek Moore. (laughs) (laughs) Hello, Derek Moore. Hello, Derek. Derek starts. My dearest Hoovians, Oh, it feels so good to be back after a little hiatus. And what did I find after returning? The Seven, freaking Doctor, and Ace! Huzzah! <laughs> sorry, just going to bit carried away there. <laughs> I'm loving it. <laughs> I'll just carry on. I think Silver Nemesis was only the third, seventh Doctor, sorry, I have ever seen. But with comets, Nazis, Ace, more Ace... A tight three-episode story and a medieval castle set probably taken from Blackadder.
1: What more could I ask for? Okay, maybe the Cybermen were a bit superfluous, continues Derek, and I don't think we ever found out who tried to shoot the Doctor and Ace in the first episode, but who cares? That's a super good point, by the way. Yeah, there are like legitimate assassins after them, and we just drop that plot point like it's piece of garbage. <laughs> oh. Yeah. <laughs>
0: okay.
1: <laughs> Derek continues I am loving this three episode story idea, and hopefully it will continue. The only thing missing? Good old fashioned bagels, aka the brig, shooting up some Nazis, but that would only be the third layer of awesome sauce on this cake of Wonderment. I can't wait to go back and catch up. And Derek gives this a rating of what, chimcakes? 4.0 80s era boomboxes. Nice. nice. Yeah. Yeah, and in a sense, yeah, and in a sense, Derek did get bagels in this cereal.
0: Oh, true. Yeah, sneaky cameo bagels.
1: Yeah. (laughs) Thank you very much, Derek. (laughs) Who's next?
0: Next up, and last of the Red Infuls, it's Kristaps Paddock. What up, (laughs) Kristaps? Nice. Chris starts with bottom line. Just a lot of fun, even if it's kind of a mess. Yeah, that's a good summary. Lady Painford is spectacular. Would have loved to see her come back. And it's always great to see an episode of a show about time travel that includes, well, time travel. Agreed. Oh, Did the man need to be there? Probably not. But who cares? We probably didn't need neo-Nazis either.
1: And as always, Chris Tapps continues, the Doctor and Ace are simply mesmerizing together. Is this review disjointed? Yes, but so is the serial. 3.6 skinheads hanging upside down while their clothes burn and blaming it on social workers out of five. <laughs> <laughs> I forgot about that. <laughs> P.S. adds Chris Dapps, please take note of the chess references they will pay off in future serials. Interesting. No. Oh. In all of the five future serials, yeah.
0: <laughs> I'm curious what the references are, because Doc plays a game of chess. Like yeah. there, there is a chess board where, where there is mid-game, and he moves some pieces. And then Doc and Ace play at the end, and Ace wins. Yeah. I don't know. Maybe it's something to do with the previous bit. Where, um, there are. I, I've just gone
1: into the transcript, and I've it, it, first thing I searched for was just the word "pawn." Cyberleader moves pawn to discover check, but pawn takes queen. Doc and Ace. I'm assuming that's actually talking about the game of chess. Um, Cyberleader like and, and Painfort. You are nothing. Only the doctor matters, and he is but a pawn in the game of my making. Yeah. Dot. 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 You had the right game, but the wrong pawn. I wonder if there are. Maybe there are. There, there are more chess references. Anyway, let's. Yeah. Thank you very much, Kristaps. No, let's absolutely keep yeah. an eye out for this. We will. Good stuff. Thank you will. very much for that. Thank you, Kristaps. <laughs> Thanks. Well, who's next?
0: Next, we've got snippets from Stephen, Stephen from Canada. From Canada. Hello, Stephen. Hello there, Stephen. Steven has been a chap, wonderful review, and then says, overall this story earns four deleted ducks out of five. Nice. Yeah, very good rating. <laughs> I have no idea what that means, but yes, uh, it's good.
1: Here's <laughs> our friend who agrees with Derek and me. <laughs> <laughs>
0: Indeed. If you want to find more of Steven's brain thoughts, you can of course find him on Twitter at where Mr. Leon. S. Andreanshin. Exactly. Thank you very Thank much. Stephen.
1: Who's next?
0: Why, it's none other than Mr Kieran Evans.
1: Hello. What Kieran. up, Kieran? Hello <laughs> 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 Sorry, alcohol's hit me. Kieran says, snip, snippity, snippety, snip, and concludes with my rewatch of it it was fine, but nothing special for what is the silver anniversary story. And the Cybermen being scared of gold is dumb, especially with that fucking gold detector and Ace taking them out with gold coins. And Kieran gives this 3.0 out of 5. Nice. Yeah, very nice. Yeah, but I I can't argue with any of that. (laughs) Still love it. People who are not Kieran, and in particular people who are not Kieran and who are maybe moving house, don't want to use a real gas guzzler to do so. What would you suggest they do, Cake Boss?
0: I would obviously say get yourself along and KJ Evans too, so you can sort yourself out with an electric van. You know,
1: that's right. Yeah, use yeah, the yeah. promo code Who Back When Rocks Nuts. For fifteen percent of your first order. <laughs> Legally binding. Thank you very much. Kieran, <laughs> awesome stuff. KJ Evans 2. For all your Evan needs. Who's next?
0: Next up we have got GP
1: Haynes. GP! I said J, you say P. J P. P. J P. Yes, right. <laughs> 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 Hello, GP. Hello, GP. <laughs> <laughs> nice gp
0: says obviously wonderful things you'll go have to go to whobackwhen.com and read the review there for all that goodness i'm just gonna say what gp said at the end top stuff rating wise gp says 4.1 ace slingshots to take out a cyberman with some gold Not
1: nice uh ice holy smokes fantastic from one review to the next, the same thing is either a negative or a positive. <laughs> yes, very good point. <laughs> yeah, very good. Excellent stuff. Oh, thank you so much, GP. People who are not GP can follow GP on Insta and on YouTube. I follow him on the latter. He can be found where, Gymcakes Cakes? Finding
0: G-Spots.
1: Oh yeah. I actually watched one of his videos today. He did a restaurant review from Christmas Island. Very cool stuff. Thank you very much, GP. Nice, thank you. Who's next? next?
0: Up. Why? Oh, it's none other than the Zuneister himself, Peter Zoonich.
1: Peter, it's Peter. Peter 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 <laughs> Peter. <laughs> uh that's what I get for trying to improvise. I apologize. <laughs> Hello, Peter. <laughs> Peter Peter says snip snippity snip 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 but he concludes with the following 3.7 toy bows that only shoot arrows three feet being wielded by people who have obviously never shot a real bow ever. (laughs) (laughs) Probably true, yes. (laughs) Very true. (laughs) (laughs) Thanks Peter. Bing bong future Leon here. I've sobered up by now and... I've just realised that the day that this episode drops just so happens to be Peter's birthday. So, I figured uh, I might bing-bong one of these in here. Ah-ham. Happy birthday to you. Happy birthday to you. Happy birthday, dear Peter. Hey, happy birthday to you. Have a fab day, dude. Hey, <laughs> bing-bong. Who's next?
0: Who's next? <laughs>
1: <laughs> <laughs> Ooh. Next up we have Ollie Raven. Ollie, not Oshi, Ollie. My sincerest apologies. I misunderstood your email the last time and about the regarding the pronunciation of your name. And I confess I simply YouTubed how to pronounce or googled how to pronounce Ollie in Welsh, and I just assumed that your name was Oshi. I apologize for that. Next up, we don't have Oshi Raven. We in fact have Ollie Raven. Oliver Raven with one l hello ollie
0: hello there ollie ollie says lots of wonderful things of course Uh, and then overall 25 sorry 2.5 magic statues (laughs) an underwhelming jubilee party for all of hoodo fair enough ollie (laughs) fair enough
1: Yeah. Very good stuff. Yeah. Thank you very much for sending that in. People who are not Ollie Raven can follow Ollie on Instagram at what Jim Cakes? Foggy Doctor Who. That's right. Thank you very much, Ollie. Bye. Who's next? Next up, we have Neil. Hello, Neil. Neil says, snip, snippity, snip, 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 and adds, it's all getting a little messy in the end. But the first episode is fantastic. The Doctor and Ace chilling to jazz before diving into a river is a wonderful seventh Doctor moment that I always enjoy. And Neil has awarded this serial 3.3. 3. Nice. nice. Yeah, very good stuff. Thank you very much, Neil. Peeps, what are not Neil Androsani can find Neil Androsani where Jim cakes
0: at Neil Androsani. And That's right.
1: And just just because Neil James <laughs> actor. <laughs> that is correct. Thank you very
0: much, Neil.
1: Who's penultimate?
0: Penultimate, we have that Tans of the Six Fingers variety. Kapow, 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 kapow.
1: Hello, Tans. Hello there, Tans.
0: Tans says, I get this one point for actually having time travel in it. We don't get enough nice. of those.
1: Oh, uh, great.
0: Score wise, definitely. And score wise, I get this four cans of Nitro 9
1: out of five. Nice. Excellent rating. Excellent rating. Oh, good stuff. Thank you very much, Tans. People who are not Tans, head on over to the old social media platforms. Follow Tans Six Fingers and...
0: Tans Six Fingers.
1: That's right. On Twitter and Insta, respectively. Thank you very much, Tans.
0: And thank you, Tans, for your little subtle Red Dwarf reference.
1: Oh, see I don't recognize that as a Red Dwarf thing at all. I need to watch Red Dwarf. I'm doing that after Doctor Who. Oh, yes. Even though I have been telling myself I'm going to rewatch. I mean, I know, but I, I, and also yeah. to be honest, I actually just that was that was basically a lie. I have been telling myself <laughs> I'm going to rewatch Blake 7 the second I'm done with Doctor Who. Maybe I'll watch both of them in parallel. Thank you very much, Tans. Who's last?
0: Last, of course. I mean, it's a set Dr. Stories, so you know he's there. It's <laughs> Michael
1: Ridway. Ridgway. 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 Hello, Michael. Hello there, Michael. Michael says, bullet point, bullet point, bullet point, and concludes with a rating of... <gasps> Kel Surprise, five out of five, Fourth Reich shitheads getting eradicated by a surprisingly emotional, fist clenching Cyberman. (laughs) That is true, he is quite emotional. (laughs) Excellent stuff. Very good stuff. Holy unsurprising rating there, Michael. (laughs) (laughs) But a great many. People who are not Michael, please congratulate Michael on his huge heart. He can be found at bad underscore movie. Underscore Club. That's right. (laughs) Thank you, Michael.
0: Well, thank you, Michael.
1: So big.
0: (laughs) Indeed. And thank you, everyone, for sending in your beautiful minis. We take Mm -hmm. such good care of them. Don't you worry. And that wraps it up. That was Silver Nemesis. Wow, we had a blast chatting about that. Yeah, you betcha. But it doesn't have to end there, of course. The podcast oh, thank continues. goodness. Yes, it does. Yeah. How does it next continue?
1: Next up, in New in Land, what will we have? Ooh, next up, we have a review of Once Upon Time. Oh Yeah. Deep in flux at the moment. Deep in flux.
0: Knee deep in flux, eh? Oh, yeah.
1: (laughs) (laughs) But after that, we're back in classic who territory, I believe, with what, Jim Cakes? The greatest show in the galaxy. Of course. And what's the serial called? Hey! Hey! (laughs) Hey.
0: (laughs) And in Audio
1: Land, you might get around
0: to Redacted one time, I guess. Yeah,
1: we've promised at this point, so it's going to have to happen. (laughs) That is correct. But in the the
0: meantime, if you want to reach out, you can, of course, find us over the interwebs. I can be found Mm -hmm. on Mastodon at jimmy at thewhatnow.eu. Oh, yeah.
1: How's the Mastodon game going? I'm
0: present. (laughs) Occasionally get, (laughs) get people interacting. It's nice. It still feels nice. like the nice, friendly version of Twitter before it went super mainstream, which is good.
1: Oh, that's really good. Um, very yeah, good. Feel
0: free to message me. I do try and reply. You are still on Twitter, and people can find you there, I believe, Mr. Leon?
1: I am. I am exceptionally active on Twitter. Everyone should seek me out and subscribe. I can be found at Ponken, P-O-N-K-E-N. Nice. Mm.
0: Well, that wraps it
1: up. Until the next time, Podcast Land,
0: stay safe, look after your elders, give... I was going to say, give sweets to little children. No, don't do that. That gets you into a lot that of trouble. That seems these weird. Days. Super weird. Yeah, yeah. No, don't promise <laughs> sweets to children unless you know the children. Like if it's your niece or nephew or something, then that's probably yeah. okay. I don't know. I think I'll just I'll just sign off here. See ya.
1: <laughs> yeah, yeah. Uh, you know, keep it keep it fresh. Podcast land. Be right next to each other, and uh, yeah, rock on. Ciao. ciao. <laughs> give <laughs> sweets to children. <laughs> Kablamo Did you enjoy the show? Then please do what the cosmos compels you to And spread the gospel of who back when Tell your friends but I've got no friends No problemo Tell some strangers Hooray. Like us on Facebook That's facebook.com Slash who back when All in one word Are you into Twitter? Awesome High five us online And we'll high five you right back You guessed it We're at who back when All in one word And lastly, give us a rating and review on iTunes. It helps our show get noticed and earns you lots of karma points. That's it. Rock on and be rad and excellent to each other. Catch your earballs in our next Who review or bonus episode. Until then, cha ciao. Who back when?